With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Hit it up hard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 329 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. What a day we already have just around sports. Tom Brady retiring, Brianna Stewart going to the New York Liberty. Major League Baseball, there's not a whole lot going on right now, uh, but there's still a good amount of things that we can talk about today. Dennis Lynn writes for The Athletic, Padres beat writer there. He put out a Padres fan survey this week asking a lot of questions about the state of the Padres franchise. So I wanted to do an episode of me giving my answers to this athletic fan survey. And you guys in the chat here live on YouTube, you can give your thoughts as well. And I'll get to those um, when I get through my part of the survey. And we're going to have, we can have a great conversation about the state of the Padres franchise. So without further ado, let's get to the Padres fan survey. Uh, if you want to fill it out, I believe you go to The Athletic. Uh, the survey will close Thursday, February 2nd, so tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So credit to Dennis Lynn for putting this survey out. I believe he puts it out every year. I don't know if it's like a, The Athletic does this, like it's mandated by The Athletic, or if it's just Dennis Lynn doing this, but 
I really like doing this every year. Um, so let's get to the first question here. How confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction? So rate it from one to five. One is not confident at all. Number five is very confident. How confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction? Uh, five. How, I, don't, I don't think you could say anything else other than five, right? Maybe some fans would want to say four because, well, I don't know about the direction after this season. What if Manny leaves or what if there's no starting pitching after this season? But I'm looking at it right now, headed in the right direction. Definitely. Off of last season, reaching the NLCS. This season, they have another World Series contending team. Uh, a better team, I think, than they were last year. They're improving. They are definitely headed in the right direction, I think. So I would put a five, very confident on that. Next question. How does that compare to how you felt this time last year? Like, how confident were you last year compared to how confident were you or are you now? Uh, the options are, I'm a lot more confident now. I'm a little more confident. I feel about the same. I'm a little less confident. And I'm a lot less confident. I would say I'm a lot more confident now. Uh, because remember last time, or last year at this time, what were we thinking about? We didn't really know who was going to be the closer, right? Because this was before we acquired Taylor Rogers. I believe this was before we acquired Luke Voigt. So we didn't know who was going to DH, right? What was that first base DH situation going to be like? Because Eric Hosmer is still on the team. We we had some arms for starting pitching, but we hadn't gotten Shamanaya yet. Uh, this was, I believe, before Tatis unveiled to the public, uh, to the media, first day of spring training. Or Bob Mel was it Bob Melvin or Preller? They announced that Tatis was going to have surgery on the wrist, and that that bike accident was worse than it actually was. So we were kind of wondering, okay. Is Tatis going to be good for spring training? What's happening there? So there was a lot of questions around the team at that point in time. Right now, there's questions around the team like, okay, when is AJ, one of the Padres, going to get another starting pitcher, that one more impact starting pitcher, right? Um, is Tatis going to come back healthy and be Tatis when he returns, right? There's questions around the team. What's Carpenter and Cruz's impact going to be like? on the field like can we really are we going to be able to measure that um like we'll be able to measure it but how big of an impact i guess is what i'm trying to say how big of an impact will cruz and carpenter have on the team uh will hasan kim or Trent Grisham be traded like there's questions but we know what the roster is much more than what it was last year right i think we know that the roster was much better or the roster is much better now than it was at this time last year, right? Again, we didn't know who the closer was going to be. This year, we have Josh Hader as our closer. We have Robert Suarez as an eighth-inning guy. We have Drew Pomerantz hopefully coming back, right? We have Luis Garcia. Um, we have the rotation. Look, there was a lot of arms, right? Clevenger, but he did deal with a knee issue there. Um, Musgrove, Darvish, Snell. We didn't have Manaya yet. Uh, it was Mackenzie Gore. It was Adrian Morahone. I think those were the main names, right? Ryan Weathers, I guess, was competing for a spot, but that's before he had a crappy year. So th there was just a lot more questions about the roster then than there are now. So to answer that question, 
How does this feeling compare to how I felt this time last year about the team? I'm a lot more confident now. I mean, Sanders, the shortstop, Manny coming off an MVP year, Tatis is going to be healthy going into this season. Yes, he's suspended for the first 20 games, but he's going to be healthy going into the season, right? We have a great bullpen, right? There's not a lot of question marks there. Um, so, yeah, I feel very confident, a lot more confident now than last at this time last year. Next question, how confident are you in ownership led by Chairman Peter Seidler? Not confident at all is one, scale one to five, five, very confident. I have to go with five, very confident. There's nothing that has made me think I'm not confident in Peter Seidler. Like he is the, he's like the dream owner, right? Mets fans would tell you Steve Cohen and all, and yeah, does he have more money? Sure. But Peter Seidler, I mean, someone, and so Steve, I'll say Steve Cohen and Peter Seidler, those two are the dream owners. Like they really care about winning for the city, for the fans. They are fans themselves. They don't just view it as a business, right? So yeah, um, five, that's easy. Very confident in Peter Seidler. How confident are you in president of baseball operant, president of baseball operations, AJ Preller? Uh, I'd give a five to that. Very confident. Um, there were doubters for him, like because he's he's he has made some bad trades, right? Um, he you know has to be the GM to own the Eric Hosmer decision, right? Because he was the GM at the time. Although I believe that Ron Fowler pushed that, like he really wanted that. Um, but I mean, all the moves that he has made, he has constructed this roster into being a World Series contending roster. I know it's him and Peter Seidler, right? Peter Seidler has to approve all of the money moves that have been made, but AJ has made a ton of trades to put this team in position to be a World Series contender, right? A bunch of those players last year that made it to the NLCS would not be on this team if it wasn't for AJ Preller, right? Trading for Tatis. I know he wasn't on the team last year, but trading for Tatis, that is huge, right? Signing Manny. I know a lot of that was money, so you can you can credit Preller for that, or uh, excuse me, you can credit Seidler for that. But Tatis, Manny, let's go through the trades, okay? So Tatis, trading for Grisham, who is an above-average center fielder defensively, right? Hopefully he'll be better offensively, right, at the plate. You think he has to be, right? He can't be worse than he was this past season. So you got him. You trade for Juan Soto. And how'd you trade for Juan Soto? Because Preller and his staff drafted the guys that they traded, right? James Wood and Mackenzie Gore. Or, yeah, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, right? A bunch of guys. They recruited uh, Yarlan Susanna, right? They traded for Luke Voigt, and then he was part of that deal. So that was not like the Padres buying Juan Soto, right? You needed that talent to go get Juan Soto. So you got to give props to major props to that. Um, you look at other spots on the roster, look at the infield. Hassan came with free agency, but Jake Cronower traded for him. I know that he was supposed to be like the throw in, in on that deal, but the Padres people, they did not view Jake Cronenworth as just this throw in guy. They, they saw him as a really valuable piece. I don't know if they saw him as an all star second baseman back to back years, but they saw him as a major league impact player for them, and it worked out. Um, trading for Joe Musgrove, one of the best trades probably in Padres history, right? Huge. No hitter. 
turns it into a hundred million dollar extension. Just, I mean, what he did in the postseason this past year in the wild card series, right? Huge trading for you, Darvish, trading for Blake Snell. Have we heard anything about Luis Patino since he was traded in that Blake Snell deal? No, right? I don't. Is he hurt right now? Like, so that worked, right? We were loving Luis Patino, but prospects are prospects, right? Um, trading for Austin Nola, yeah, that's that's probably one he'd want to take back. But he did have some impact, right? The, the pitching staff obviously trusts him. Trading for Josh Hader, right? Um, trading for Tim Hill. I know that's a forgotten one, right? But I think Franchi Cordero went to Kansas City, I believe. That was who was in that deal. Traded him to Kansas City. They get back Tim Hill. He's been Im impactful for this Padres team, right? So you could go up and down the roster on trades that AJ has made to put this team in the position that they are in right now. And AJ is probably the hardest working GM in baseball. So yes, I am very confident in AJ. I made, or my mom did, but I came up with the idea of the AJ Preller is a legend shirts after the Juan Soto deal. And if you want that shirt, you can go to breakingtea.com to buy that. Uh, so I partnered with them on that. Like, Anyone who knows me, I'm a huge supporter of AJ, so you probably knew that my answer was going to be five, very confident in AJ. Uh, how would you rate the performance of manager Bob Melvin? Up to this point, one to five, how would I rate the performance of manager Bob Melvin? That's a tough one. I want to say five because everything that he had to deal with this past season with the Tati suspension, right? And starting spring training with the Tatis injury and the Clevenger injury during spring training. And he had the COVID stuff, right? And just everything that he, did, he had to deal with. Like the most, he said that it was like the most drama filled season, something like that during last season that he's ever had to deal with as a manager. So he did deal with a lot. But I do have to not give him a five, one to five on that scale. So I'm not going to say five. But I'm not going to say four. I'm not going to say four. I want to go more like four and a half, because I think he has managed this team really well. But I can't give him a total five. Excellent. Can't do that because of some of the moves that he made in the postseason. Right? That did cost the Padres. I'm not gonna. I don't want to bash him for starting Clevenger in that NLCS game four. I don't want to totally bash him for that. Like, what were the options? You know, you can go to Nick Martinez there, but they were going to pitch Clevenger at some point. And that's when they did it. He got him out soon. Uh, obviously, he did not allow him to stay in further. Brought in the right guy in Nick Martinez. I, I think that I do have to bang him a little bit for um, going with Shamanaya for a second inning when they had Luis Garcia come in in relief in that inning. Might as well just have Luis Garcia start that inning instead of giving Shamanai that second inning in game four when they had the lead, I believe it was six to four at that time, let him go for the second inning and he blows it, right? Just gets smashed. Uh, the Josh Hader move, it didn't work out. So I do have to ding him for it. But anyone who knows my opinions on that, I've given, I've given my opinion on that a lot. I was fine with him going with Robert Suarez there. They viewed Robert Suarez and Josh Hader at that time the same, like the same confidence level, if that makes sense. They were confident in both of them. High leverage, those were the two guys they trust the most. They had Hader going for that ninth inning. They had Suarez pitching that inning. 
that's just what was going to happen. And so I, I was fine with that. Uh, but I do have to knock him for some of the moves, you know, with, with the Mania move especially. So I'm not going to give him a five because there was some moves that cost the Padres. Kind of some what-if scenarios, right? What if someone else was in the game instead of this guy? But I'm going to give this guy a four and a half. I know you can't go four or a five. If I, so I'll round up and would go, I would go five on this, this athletic survey if I had to pick four or five. But I, I'd go four and a half because uh, I, I can't give him a full five. If I could just if I could go four and a half, I'd go four and a half. Um, what is your level of confidence in Fernando Tatis Jr. making a successful return in 2023? I'm going to give this one a four. I'm not going to give it a total five because we know that injuries have been a problem with Fernando. So I, I, I can't go full five there. But I would say four because of the surgeries and because of the recent comments that he made to Annie Halbrun and Kevin Acey with the San Diego Union Tribune. He seems like he is fully committed to doing whatever it takes to help this Padres team win. And it was a stab to the heart for him to be missing those postseason games this past season for the Padres, right? And there were some times where he didn't want to watch those games because of how much it hurt him. So he is not going to make another mistake. At least I hope not. I, I believe he's not going to make another dumb mistake like that. And with the surgeries, it lowers the chances of the subluxations happening. And this is the first time in years that he's like been fully healthy and playing fully healthy, right? 2021, he had the subluxations. He even said it in the, in the uh, Union Tribune the other day. Like, I, I was at something to the effect, like, I was able to perform with one arm. And he's going to have both arms now. So I believe he will have a successful return in 2023. Um, what is successful? Is it playing in every game when he comes back, playing 140 games? Okay, then I would say, no, I'm not confident in that because he's not going to do that. I don't see him playing every day when he comes back. You're going to have him rest some days. They even, you know, Manny rests some days, right? Uh, but if we're judging successful on, he's going to be healthy come postseason time. He's going to be an impact bat for the Padres, and he's going to stay healthy the majority of the season. I am confident in that. So I'd give a four out of five on the confidence scale for that. Where on the field would you like to see Fernando spend most of his time? I'm going to say right field. Some might say uh, center field because they like the range and you can trade Grisham. But then what are you doing for one of the other corners? Some might say left field because that's just a, a, some some might say it's an extension of shortstop. I don't believe that because that's two totally different positions. But some might want to say left field and say, Hey, just keep Juan Soto in right field. He's familiar with that. But I would say he's not the best defensive right fielder, right? So sticking him in left field where it's smaller, I think that will benefit Soto. And putting Tatis in right field where you can really use his range, uh, I think that will benefit the Padres as well. And Tatis did play some right field in 2021, so I want to you know, take that into consideration. Shortstop is another option on here. Um, they have Xander Bogarts, uh, they have Hassan Kim, they have Jake Cronenworth, they, they have a lot of shortstops. I think it's best to have Tatis be in the outfield, use that range. Um, 
Can he get hurt in the outfield? Yeah. But with the way the roster is constructed, I want him to be playing right field most of the time. DH is not an option. I mean, on this survey, the positions are right field, center field, left field, shortstop, and other. Other, I guess, DH. So I guess that's a position. He will DH some, I would think. Uh, but they brought in Nelson Cruz. They have Matt Carpenter. The outfield, right field specifically, just feels like the best fit for me. Uh, if I was Bob Melvin, if I was A.J. Preller telling Tatis where he's going to play, I would choose right field. How would you rate the decision to sign Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, $280 million deal? One, I think it was a bad idea. Or five, I love the signing, so scale one to five. I, I'm going to give this a four. If I had to choose one of them, one, two, three, four, or five, I'm going to give the Xander Bogart signing a five. Or excuse me, a four. Not a five, a four. I, I was tempted to give it a five because they're trying to win right now. I love the Xander Bogart signing, just bringing Xander in, him as a leader. But I do realize that that back end of the contract, I don't know how good that's going to look. Um, if they win a World Series, I don't care how the contract works or how the contract looks, right? They won the World Series. But I don't think it's going to look too pretty, the back end. But they signed, Bo they signed Bogarts because they, they're looking for the prime, right? They wanted Bogarts in this lineup to be the shortstop or play another position uh, in the future for the prime, right? They brought, they brought him in for his bat. And I totally recognize that. And so I do love the signing from that standpoint. I love the Bogart signing, but we have to, you know, rate the decision based on the entirety of the contract. It's an 11-year deal, right? So I'll say four. I love the contract for now. Like, you're bringing one of the best leaders probably in baseball into a clubhouse that already has some great leaders with Manny and Musgrove. Uh, you're bringing an impact bat, an all-star, another all-star into this team. You can have them hitting behind Tatis, Soto, and Manny at some point hitting in front of Cronenworth. Like, that just is perfect right there. Pitchers, they're going to have to think about this. Pitchers are going to have to get through Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Carpenter, or Cruz. They're going to have to get through that like three times in a night, right? That's not going to happen. They're not going to be able to get through the, maybe some nights, but because it's baseball. And these are some great pitchers, right? But that's not going to happen most nights. You're going to get through all of those guys without allowing runs. I find that very hard to believe, right? So, yeah, I love the Bogart signing. He improved defensively at shortstop this past season. So I think that he's not going to be bad at shortstop. He's going to move off the position eventually. But this is a great signing. Uh, you just look at the Red Sox. Go look at the reaction of Red Sox fans, right? This was, this was not just like sentimental. Oh, we love Bogarts. I wish he was here because he's, he was a lifelong Red Sox, right? That's the team that he's always been with, right? He's always been in Boston. It wasn't just sentimental, right? No, part of it was performance. Like the Red Sox, they're putting a ton of pressure on Marcelo Mayer to come up and be another Sander Bogarts. What if he's not that, right? That's going to be a really bad look on the Red Sox, right? It probably already is a bad look on the Red Sox that they didn't bring back Bogarts. Uh, I'm not saying that they needed to pay him 280. The Padres, they overpaid for Bogarts. Let's face it, right? 
That's part of the reason why I put it a four, not a five on the contract, the decision. Um, but uh, no, the Red Sox fans, they, they, they're going to miss Bogarts. They, they wanted Bogarts on this team because he's a good player. He is a really, really impact player. Um, is he on the level of Trey Turner? I'd probably say no. I'd say Bogarts is a little bit below that. I think Correa is a little bit better than Bogarts, but he's probably the third or fourth best shortstop in baseball. And I'm not counting Tatis because Tatis is in the outfield. Uh, but last year, last year was considered a down year for Bogarts. And he had a 131 OPS plus. League average is 100. 15 home runs, hit over 300. Maybe he only has like 15 home runs in 2023 because it's at Petco. Uh, but still, he can have an impact year hitting fourth because there's going to be guys on base. You know, doubles are a thing. Those things ex exist in baseball. Singles exist. Like he can still drive in a lot of runs hitting fourth in that lineup and not be hitting a bunch of bombs. But, you know, bombs, home runs, that's the sexy thing in baseball, but you don't need to be hitting a bunch of bombs to really help this Padres team, right? So I love the signing. I love the decision. Uh, but if I'm taking the whole contract into account, I would give it a four. If I had to choose between four or a five, I couldn't give it like a four and a half. Um, the next question here, what is the Padres' biggest weakness? That's an interesting question. What is the Padres' biggest weakness? Bench, catcher, center field, rotation depth, or other? Right now, I'd probably say I'd probably say the bench. Bench and catcher. Rotation depth is probably what a lot of Padres fans would say because they look at Lugo and Martinez and they're like, well, these guys aren't guarantees to work out in the rotation. Maybe Martinez works out, but Lugo, he hasn't started consistently in like five years. So I understand that. And, you know, Morahone and Weathers is definitely a question mark. And who's this Jay Groom guy? Uh, Brett Honeywell, what are we supposed to be expecting from him? Wilmer Font, like, I understand that. Like that's that is a question mark. That is one of the weaknesses of this team. But bench and catcher, I would say, are the two biggest weaknesses of this team. If you look at the catching situation, Luis Camposano, they didn't trust him in the postseason. They only went with Austin Nola. Right? So how much is he gonna play this year? He's a question mark. Like if they give him consistent playing time, is he going to live up to expectations for him. What about Austin Nola? Some fans are still down on him. He's not the best offensive catcher, right? I don't think he needs to be, but he can't, he does not throw out runners, right? That Mookie Betts play in the playoffs when he threw out Mookie, that was the perfect play. That was a huge throw, right? Huge credit to him, but that does not happen consistently. So that's a weakness, right? And with guys only being able to pick off like three times in, I believe, in an at-bat or in an inning, I think in an at-bat, that gives the runner the advantage. And when Austin Nola is behind the plate, that doesn't give you a lot of confidence if you're a Padres fan, right? That that guy's going to be able to throw out the guy stealing second. Like that's that, that feels like you're just putting a runner in scoring position at that point. And Camposano, he's not the best defensively. There's been reports that his mind 
wanders during games. That's not something that you want to hear if you're a Padres fan, right? So that is a weakness. You look at the Padres' depth on the bench, it's not that strong. But they have a top-heavy roster. They have a lot of stars. So I think that's expected to not have this great bench. Luis Camposano, backup catcher. Don't know what he's going to be if he gets consistent playing time. Hopefully we can see that at, you know, in spring training. Brandon Dixon is their next-up infielder. You could say Matt Carpenter, but Matt Carpenter is slotted in as a DH platoon with Nelson Cruz when Tatis comes back. Jose Azokar and Adam Engel are your bench outfielders right now. If Tatis is hurt, you're good with having Adam Engel as your right fielder or your starting left fielder, let's say right field. Maybe I'm good defensively because he's really good defensively, but offensively, you can't really expect him to give you anything. He'll give you maybe a little more than Jose Azokar, but you can't expect anything from Jose Azokar, right? Like Engel and Azokar, those are like almost the same two players, it seems like. Engel might have more power potential, but those are just glove-first outfielders. There's no power there, right? And Brandon Dixon, very limited time that we have seen from him. Uh, I'm not as worried about the bench depth infield-wise because there's a lot of guys that can play the infield. Carpenter can play first. If Kim gets traded or Kim gets hurt, Crony can move over to second. Kim can play second. Carpenter can play first. If Crony gets hurt, uh, Cruz can DH. Like, if Bogarts gets hurt, you can move things around, right? That, like, so I'm not as concerned with the infield, but the outfield, I'd like to have Jerickson Profar on this team. I do. I don't think that he will be on this team if he continues to have a big price tag on him. Like, he has totally uh, just outshot his market, if that makes sense. Like, he has misread his market really badly this offseason, him and Boris. So... Yeah, the bench, it could be stronger. I think that is one of the bigger weaknesses, and I think the catching position is a weakness. I mean, just go look at the Padres. You see these reports. They were very disappointed that Christian Vasquez signed with the Minnesota Twins for three years, 30 mil. Like, they really wanted Christian Vasquez. That tells you they're not very confident in this catching position right now. So I would say catching is the biggest weakness, and I'd say bench. Those are the two. And then I'd probably go rotation depth and then center field. Because those are the four options. Bench, catcher, center field, rotation depth. What is the team's biggest weakness? If I had to rank one through four, I'd probably go catcher, bench, center field, rotation depth. All right. We got some more very interesting questions here in the Athletics Padres fan survey. But first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros, famous cheese steaks and garlic fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so here is the next question on this Padres fan survey. Manny Machado can opt out of his contract next offseason. Will the Padres keep Machado beyond 2023? Yes or no? I say yes. I have all the confidence in the world that Peter Seidler will find a way to keep Manny Machado as a San Diego Padre for life. A big clue, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but earlier this offseason, they went to Colorado and went 
around and looked through the Rockies clubhouse. They toured the clubhouse, one of the best clubhouses in baseball, I guess, according to Dennis Lynn. So why would Manny go look at the Rockies clubhouse just to see if they could get any ideas for the Padres' upcoming clubhouse renovation in a couple years? Why would he go do that if he's not staying long-term in that Padres clubhouse, right? Why would he care about what the Padres' home clubhouse looks if he's going to leave after this season, right? So I think that's a clue that the Padres and Manny, they're committed to getting a deal done. Manny wants to be in San Diego. The Padres want Manny Machado. Now it's just about, okay, can we agree on a dollar figure, a year figure? Um, Manny just wants to probably be respected money-wise. Like, if you're giving Bogarts $280 million and allowing him to pay to play through his 40 season, age 40 season, then give me that. You know, give me, I'm better than Bogarts too. So just give me that. Give me 300 mil or whatever and let me play. Give me a contract through age 40, 41, 42, however long I want to play, and I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to go to free agency and be a pain in your butt and make you overpay me. I want to be here. Hopefully, that's what is going to happen. I have, I have a lot of confidence that Peter Seidler will get this done. Will the Padres keep Machado beyond 2023? I say yes. Uh, that's I'm I'm more confident in that happening than a Juan Soto extension, than Otani coming to the Padres. I I, th I think Machado is going to be a Padre for life. Wouldn't it be great at like Fan Fest? Manny comes out Gallagher Square on the stage, and he's like. I'm a Padre for life. I just signed the extension. That would be great, right? Show it up on the Jumbotron and Petco goes nuts. 150,000 goes nuts. That would be cool. They just, they're not leaking anything to the media and they just work out a deal all of a sudden like that. That would be sick, but probably not going to happen. Um, so yes, I think a Machado ex extension or... A new contract will be worked out. He will be a Padre beyond 2023. The next one, Juan Soto can become a free agent after the 2024 season. Will the Padres keep Soto beyond 2024? Oh, man. Yes or no? I obviously hope yes. But I, I'm definitely not as confident in that happening as I am in the Padres retaining Manny. I'm going to say yes, that he will remain a Padre. It seems like he really likes the Padres. Peter Seidler told Marty Caswell during the season last year, I believe right after they had the Juan Soto press conference when they first acquired him and Josh Bell, he told Marty something to the effect of, yeah, I'm not scared of $500 million of possibly doing that for Juan Soto, having to give him that. That doesn't scare me. So I think that Seidler is going to do whatever it takes. He's not going to be scared of the dollar figure. He will put the offer forward to Soto that will be good enough for Soto to come back to the Padres. But he might want to go elsewhere, might want to play with somebody else that we don't know about. Steve Cohen, if he doesn't get Otani this next offseason, he'll probably offer Soto... $550 million. I wouldn't put that past Steve Cohen. And maybe Soto's like, all right, this is, I, I can't refuse that. Right. Uh, so, yes or no, I would say yes. I, I think Seidler will find a way to work this out and get an extension done. I don't think that 
he approved that AJ Preller trade um, that Preller brought to him and say, yeah, I'm giving up our whole farm system other than like Jackson Merrill. I'm giving up everyone for Juan Soto. I don't think Scyther would have approved that if he didn't think that Soto is going to come here. Like, if he didn't think that Soto is going to be here long term, if he didn't think that he couldn't sign, if he thought that he couldn't sign Soto long term, does he still do the deal? Maybe he does. Maybe he does still do the deal. But if they don't win a World Series and Soto walks, you don't get anything, then that's probably a failure of a deal, right? I mean, we'll be saying at least you tried. Like, I, I definitely commend you trading for Soto and getting three pennant races out of him, if that's what they get out of him. And he ends up going elsewhere, but it would feel like a failure, right? Because you traded your whole farm system for him to go win a World Series, and then you don't win a World Series, right? Like, that would be a big disappointment. So, um, yeah, to get back to that question from Dennis Flynn, Juan Soto can become a free agent after 2024. Will the Padres keep Soto beyond 2024? This is probably just the optimistic Padres fan in me. I'll say yes. Probably some Padres fans will say no, but I will say yes. It's going to be difficult keeping Soto, just like Dennis Lynn reported in The Athletic, whenever that was, like last week. But I, I think that they will keep him. Um, okay, here's a, an interesting question. If keeping one player means losing the other, whom would you choose to keep? Manny Machado or Juan Soto? I believe I already answered this a couple weeks ago on, a, on one of the episodes. Uh, and I said Juan Soto. And I believe I prefaced it by saying, I'm not a Manny hater. I love Manny. I think he's going to be here long term. I want Manny to be a Padre for life. But if you're, choose, you're making me choose between one or the other, I'd probably choose Juan Soto because of the age. You get him for a longer period of time. Manny, what are we expecting the Manny extension to be? Like 10 years, 12 years maybe, if it's if they rip up the five-year after that, uh, or the next five years after 2023, give him like a new 10-year deal till age 40 season, or give him a 12-year deal, whatever he wants. With Soto, what will it be? He'll be like 26, right, when he's a free agent. So what is it going to be, 14, 15 years? You'd get him for longer. And he's younger. Um, I'd probably go with Soto. And Soto, like, it's really, it's a, I'm not saying, like, oh, easily Soto. It's definitely a hard decision. But I also do feel like, okay, if you lose Juan Soto, how the heck are you replacing that guy? If you lose Manny, yes, that's a big void. But you can move pieces, pieces around in the infield, right? You can have Bogarts go play third. You can have Kim play short or have Tatis play short. You have Merrill coming up at some point. And if, you, if Machado leaves, you're probably not trading Merrill at all, right? Merrill can come up, play second or short at some point a few years down the road. Uh, Cronenworth can play second. They can find a first base free agent. Um, I think... He's probably, again, I don't want to make this seem like Manny's easy to replace, but I think he'd be easier to replace than Juan Soto. Just based on the roster construction that the Padres have right now, you lose Soto, okay, so that guarantees Tatis is playing the outfield long-term, right? Because you need, now you, if Tatis is not playing the outfield long-term, then you need to fill two spots. And filling that void in the outfield 
who is a free agent outfielder that's available next offseason that can just go replace Soto, you know? There's no one close to that, right? And the roster construction, you know, talk about the depth. I talked about it earlier with Angle and Azokar. Like, that's not a long-term solution to replace Soto, right? Um, Top prospects in the Padres system, it's Dylan Lesko, it's Jackson Merrill, it's Zavala. Um, Zavala, I believe, is an outfielder, but he's years away as well. And I don't think he's as much of a sure bet as Jackson Merrill is to perform at the big league level, to be an impact player at the big league level. Uh, ESPN just came out with their prospect rankings, and Merrill's like 16th. Zavala is, I think, 99th out of their top 100 or whatever. So just I don't think he's as much of a sure bet. If that makes sense, what I'm, what I'm, I'm just making the case of Soto over Manny long term. If I, if I had to choose one. I want them both. I'd rather have both of them over Manny and Otani. I've already said that. Some don't agree with that, but that's my viewpoint on that. Um, I want both of them. But this question, if keeping one player means losing the other, whom would you choose to keep? I'm going with Juan over Manny. And hopefully hopefully the Padres win the World Series in 2023. Uh, and it, it's, all, it's all good. And Manny, if he leaves, he won a World Series with us, you know. Um, I don't think he's leaving. I think he's staying. But that's just the question. I'm just answering the question. Go attack Dennis Lynn for putting that question in the athletic for me to have to answer. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, all right. Which player do you think will place highest in the 2023 NL MVP voting? Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, or Fernando Tatis Jr.? That's an interesting question from Dennis Lynn right there. Xander, Manny, Soto, or Tatis? I think highest, I'm going to go with Juan Soto. The projections, yeah, those are just projections, but they usually, fan graphs, they usually get a lot of projections pretty spot on. And I don't see Juan Soto having another down year. And even a down year for him, was really good for other players, right? Manny, I think he will have another really good season, having a lot of talent around him in that lineup. That will help him, right? Uh, But I think Soto being sandwiched in between Tatis and Manny, that will really help him, I think. Get some good pitches to hit. And if not, he's going to get on base a lot. Eliminating the shift, right? Soto was shifted on, I think, more than Manny, because Manny's a righty. You don't shift on righties. You shift on lefties. 
So Soto is going to see that average increase. He's going to see the on-base percentage increase. He's going to have more hits, I would think. I would say Juan Soto over Manny. I, I think it goes down to, it's between Juan and Manny. For which player do you think will place highest in the MVP? Bogarts, with Manny and Soto on the team, and Tatis, I, I just don't think he he's going to get the recognition if he has a really good year. Because Manny, Soto, and Tatis, those are just bigger names. Bogarts is a big name, but not as big as those three, I don't think. Tatis, I think, would place third in this. Because of the suspension, that's going to hurt him. Writers, they're going to hold the suspension against him. Well, automatically, he's not going to be in consideration for winning the MVP, even if he has a great year, because writers will say, well, he missed 20 games. Was he really valuable? He missed 20 games because he made a dumb decision last year, so he wasn't helping his team first 20 games of the season. I can't put him as the MVP. That's already going to be held against him, right? And he's just he's not going to have the games that other guys do. And I, I think we should have high expectations for him, but if he slumps a little bit, I think a lot of people around baseball, national baseball people, they will look at that and be like, oh, well, remember, he already hurt his team with the games played, didn't play as many as Manny and Soto, or uh, Bogarts, let's just say that they stay healthy. And he slumped in some of the games, a, a 20 game stretch, let's say, when he came back. So that's 40 games where he hurt the team out of 160, 162. You know? So they're going to they're going to try to do everything they can to hold things against Fernando in the MVP voting. So but Tatis is a really good player so I think that they'll have to put him in the top 10 if he has a really good year. I think he will have a really good year. They'll have to give him some MVP votes. Maybe not like number 1 but on the ballot if that makes sense. Like he'll be top 10 or he'll get a top 10 vote from some people. Um so Ranking those four, which player do you think will place highest in the 2023 National League MVP? I'm going to go Soto 1, Manny 2, Tatis 3, Bogarts 4. That's how I would do that. The questions, they are still coming. Still questions. I have not even gotten to your comments yet. I feel bad, uh, but I just want to get through all these questions. I will get to your comments, obviously. I try to get to everyone. Um, to make sure I get to your comment today, use that Super Chat button. Uh, with a question or a comment, and I will definitely get to you. Uh, great way to support the channel. Um, next question here from Dennis Lynn. There's still a good amount of questions here. How concerned are you about the Padres' lack of starting pitching under team control beyond 2023? One through five. I would say three. I'm not very concerned because I'm, I'm concerned about this year. I'm worried about this year. They can go get starting pitchers in for agency next year, right? Um, I'm not, they can trade for starting pitchers, right? I'm not very concerned. I'm not putting it at a four because there's still a possibility of a, a Darvish extension. They could bring back Snow in for agency. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it feels like Darvish will come back. You have Musgrove. You're going to have. You have the chance to guarantee having Martinez back, so that will give you three if you bring Martinez back. Maybe you have Lugo. I'm not banking on him working in the rotation, so let's say three starters, Musgrove, Darvish, and Martinez. And then you can fill out those last two 
in free agency. Maybe they go with Aaron Nola. Maybe Nola wants to play with his brother in the majors. And maybe he comes to the Padres, or maybe they're they go get Otani, right? That, that's still a possibility. We know AJ loves Otani uh, more than maybe any player he's ever put his eyes on. So he's, that's still a possibility. I don't think Otani comes to the Padres, but maybe they do that. And there's a starting pitcher, big, right? So it seems like there's always some key quality starting pitchers out there in free agency available every year. You can't say that same thing about position players, like elite elite starting position players. There's just not that many next year. That's why I hope this Manny extension gets done because he is clearly the best position player if you're excluding Otani because he's pit, he pitches and hits. But just pure position player, Manny is the best, far and away. So, um, yeah, pitching, I am concerned on, uh, about pitching under team control beyond 2023. But we know AJ makes a lot of moves, right? We know that. So, yes, they're going all in for this year. And I, I think that they do have multiple plans for how they can go about things next year. But we're going to get to next year when that happens. So I'll give that a three. I'm concerned, but I can't get very concerned because I'm concerned about this year. I'm focused on this year. Um, let's see here. How confident are you that the Padres will continue to maintain a top five payroll? One to five, not confident at all, very confident. Um, I'm going to go with five here because Seidler has like promised that right to the public. We have nothing to believe. We have no actions of his that leads us to believe that he's not going to try to maintain a high payroll, right? Top five, I mean, I don't think he cares if it's a top five payroll or not. I think he cares of, I, I think he cares if he's spending the money needed to build a championship team. And he, he's done that, right? Um, maybe you can make the case that he should be spending a little bit more on starting pitching. Uh, Profar, if you really love Profar, but you do have to take into account the 273 tax threshold number, right? Um, so I'm going to go five, bringing in Bogarts. Like he's gone above and beyond to maintain a top payroll, right? Where you have Dick Monfart, Woodsy on Ben and Woods like to say Dick Manfart. Uh, you have him not wanting to spend a bunch of money and paying the Cardinals to take on Arenado's contract, and you know criticizing the Padres for spending money. Peter Seiler's over here giving two hundred eighty million dollars to Xander Bogarts, more money than the Red Sox fans would give to Bogarts to ensure that Bogarts is on the team. He's over here. You know, willing to pay Trey Turner $342 million and willing to pay Aaron Judge over $400 million at the last second this past offseason during the winter meetings, right? Like this guy, he is willing to pay money. $500 million doesn't scare him with Soto. He's already said that publicly. He wants Manny Machado here for life. So he's not going to be scared for whatever the price tag is on him. Signed Musgrove to that extension during the season last year. According to reports, Padres will be in on Otani. Like, he is going to maintain a top payroll. So five, very confident I am in Peter Seidler, the Padres, maintaining a top five payroll. Uh, next question here, which Padres prospect makes you the most excited? Dylan Lesko, Jackson Merrill, Ethan Salas, Samuel Zavala, or other? This is a tough question. That This is a really good question by Dennis Lynn. 
because I, I will admit that I don't watch every Jackson Merrill game. I don't know a ton about Ethan Salas because we weren't watching him play every day in, uh, where is it, Dominican or Venezuela, wherever he was playing. He's actually been flying around, so he's played at a lot of different places. But which prospect makes you the most excited? I'm going to say Ethan Salas. Dylan Lesko, I'm not even really considering. Savala, I'm not really considering because I don't know much about Savala. And Lesko, I haven't even seen him pitch in the Padres organization, so how can I be excited about be the most excited about him when I haven't even seen him play, right? Salas, I, I've at least seen him swing a bat in the Padres organization. You know, it, it was during batting practice at Petco Park, but at least I saw it, right? And this guy is, what, 16 years old? 16, 17, 16? Um, and he is very, very mature for that age. I know I throw that around. I, I sound like I'm 50 saying that. This kid's very mature. I'm 19. Like, uh, He's very he's mature for his age. Um, I like to say that he knows what he's doing. Being around a baseball family, he's going to be able to develop maybe faster than some other players uh, might if they were his same age and signed by the Padres, right? Um, so I'm very excited about Ethan Salas. I mean, the Padres they have not had you know this a Hall of Fame catcher before, right? They haven't had this amazing catcher. We've been dealing with Austin Nola, who can't throw guys out at second base for the most part. Luis Camposano hasn't had consistent playing time at the big league level. Mind wanders during games. Austin Hedges couldn't hit for anything, right? Uh, who's the last really good catcher, right? We had Nick Hunley. Um, that, that's not anything to be, like, super excited about. Like, he's super smart, but he he wasn't. He's not like the three or four hitter when he was playing with the Padres, right? Who else do we have? Michael Barrett. Um, just name some names that you guys might not even know. Like some Padres fans that maybe just started being Padres fans. You have no idea who that is. Derek Norse. That's another name I should probably include. And it seemed like he was not a good uh, clubhouse guy. Didn't care about other players. That's what I've read in the past about him or what I've heard in the past about him. Just not a really good teammate. Uh, he was not a great offensive catcher, it didn't seem like. Um, that was How long did he play here? Like one year? So yeah, they have not had a good success rate with catchers. Hasn't worked. So I'm very excited about Dylan Lesko. Uh, I'm excited about Lesko, but I'm very excited about Ethan Salas. That's the name. Ethan Salas, I would pick. I'm Merrill. It's it's close between Salas and Merrill. I'm very excited about Jackson Merrill. He seems really, really, really legit, but he also, we know we have a jammed up infield here, and I don't know if the Padres are going to trade him to go get someone like Corbin Burns because they're really trying to go all out for the next couple years, right? Or all in, I should say. So I'm trying to temper my excitement for Merrill because he might not be a Padre for long, right? Salas, he might get traded too, right? I mean, it's Preller. He could be dealt, but I I think that Salas, they want him to stick long-term here. And he could be the, the best catcher in Padres history, right? I mean, who are the best? Benito Santiago, Terry Kennedy. Um, who am I forgetting? Those are the two that immediately 
come to mind, right? So, yeah, I mean, it seems like he could have a higher potential than those guys. So Ethan Salas is the answer for me there. Which Padres prospect makes you the most excited? I'm going Salas over Merrill and definitely over Lesko and Savala. Uh, next one, who would you like to see next inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame? Bruce Bochy, Bob Chandler, Eduardo Ortega, Jake Peavy, or Eric Schau? Uh, Eric Schau, that's how you pronounce it, right? Eric Schau? I, I, I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing the name right because I did not see him pitch. Uh, where's the pronunciation of this guy's name? Eric Shaw. Wiki should have the pronunciation, right? Eric Shaw. Uh, I, I don't see it. Okay, whatever. Um, my answer to that, I mean, Bochi's up there, Ortega's up there, but I'm going to go Jake Peavy. I mean... How this guy is not in the Padres Hall of Fame yet doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I know that he never won a World Series with the Padres, or, or and his World Series came with Boston and with San Francisco, a division rival. But Jake Peavy, I think if you would ask him, who do you identify yourself as, he identifies himself as a Padre, right? You go look up baseball reference and you look up the wars in... Padres history, like the greatest players in Padres history, guess where Jake Peavy is? He's third in front of Trevor Hoffman, in front of Andy Ashby, in front of Adrian Gonzalez, uh, in front of um, Randy Jones, right? In front of Gene Richards and Chase Headley and Phil Nevin and Manny and Caminetti and Brian Giles and Nate Colbert, rest in peace to him, and Terry Kennedy. Like, he's in front of all those. He's third in war. Tony Gwynn blows everyone away, obviously, 69.2. Winfield, 32. PV, 26.8. Uh, third. Third in history. And, I, I, I mean, I, I think, I don't think this is a bold prediction. I think Musgrove, PV, that 44 number will be retired when Musgrove retires. Like, that's just going to happen. And I love that. I hope that they replace that. I hope they replace six with the 44. Like, just take six. Just unretire that number, please. Does not need to be retired. Just the guy, the guy goes to Dodgers Fan Fest, all right? Please take that number off. It, like, it just disgusts me that that number is still retired by the Padres. Um, but it's probably still always going to be retired. Um, whatever. Jake Peavy is. He's the next one I want to see inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame. Um, I knew that he wasn't in the Padres Hall of Fame, but whenever I see that he's not, or I, I read that on social media or whatever, it's like, how the heck is this guy not in the Padres Hall of Fame yet? The guy's been retired for years. It's not like they were waiting for him to retire. He's still not inducted. Maybe they have like a year limit. Like, oh, we, we're waiting four years for, you know, to put him in the Hall of Fame the Padres Hall of Fame, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's a slam dunk. Cy Young Award, he gave Randy Jones, retired his number, right? No disrespect to Randy, I'm just comparing the two's careers. He had a Cy Young, right? 19.7 uh, war. Peavy was better. 3.42 ERA. Uh, if you look at Randy Jones, okay, he had two great seasons. 75 
and 76. Cy Young, top two finishes in those two years. You go to Jake Peavy, and you look at his years with the Padres. He also had a Cy Young, 2007. He was an All-Star in 2005. 2004 with the Padres, had a 2.27 ERA, led the National League. 2005, 2.88 ERA. 2007, 2.54 ERA. 2008, 2.85 ERA. I mean, that's, that's a good time frame there where he was dominant with the Padres. Had a top seven MVP finish in 2007. And I know that, what, Randy, how many years did he spend with the Padres? He spent a long time with the Padres. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. I'll give him eight years. Uh, and then PV was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, it's the same. It's like the same time frame that they spent with the Padres. So, I mean, yeah, the forty-four is getting retired, and for him not to be in the Hall of Fame doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, PV's definitely the answer. Uh, the next one, how would you rate the Bally Sports San Diego's how would you rate Bally Sports San Diego's Padres broadcast? One to five. Uh poor. Yeah, that broadcast sucks. No, I'm kidding. That broadcast is amazing. Scan, Annie, anyone they put on there. I mean, I know some aren't the biggest fans of Mark Sweeney, but I'm looking at this from the Dawn and Mud viewpoint. It's the best broadcast booth in baseball. All right. Those guys love each other. They laugh every night, it seems like. Uh, if, if the Padres, hopefully there's a lot of blowouts this season, and it's like 9 nothing Padres. Tatis, Manny, and Soto went back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, and it's the seventh inning. Some games, maybe you turn it off. I know maybe you don't turn it off when the team's winning by that much, but blowout, I'll go to bed. No, I stay up. I mean, I stay up because I love the Padres, but it's enjoyable to watch those blowout games sometimes still, or at least enjoyable to be watching the game because they're going to laugh their butt off at something. You look back at the Mariners game in Seattle last year, that day game, I think it was a mini series there, and you had the grasshopper thing, right? That was the funniest thing ever last season. That was amazing. Uh, talking to fans. Uh, we had the Padre fan on earlier this offseason, uh, Brett who is in the one of the apartments or whatever the one of the, yeah uh, outside petco and muds telling him to wave the flag or you know say what his name is write down his name um just they're the best they're the best so yes i would probably rate it a 5 the broadcast is a 5 now is it going to be on valley sports we don't know like there's that report out there that valley sports is bankrupt it's going bankrupt or something um, but the Padres games, they're going to be on somewhere. I, I, I wish that it was easier for every Padres fan to watch the team. I'm fortunate enough that my family has cable, no problem to watch the game, but I know some fans, they don't want to pay for cable. The only thing that they watch live is like Padres games. So they don't want to pay for that. And that's understandable. And so they're like, well, can we get an easier freaking way to watch the Padres games? Uh, MLB TV, they continue to black out those games, which is just stupid. You're trying to, you want people to buy that? Then I, I don't think it's up to MLB. It's up to the regional sports networks, the RSNs, to allow this. But for just baseball as a whole, you want more people to watch 
these games, right? You want MLB TV to be like NFL Red Zone or whatever. You want it to be popular, right? You want a bunch of people to be buying this. The big thing about MLB TV that people hate is you can't watch your favorite team if you live in the market. Like, if I was in New York for school, great. I could watch the Padres on MLB TV every night. Great. But if I'm in San Diego, I can't watch the Padres on MLB TV. That sucks. That's stupid. Right? If I'm paying $200 or whatever it is a year for MLB TV and I can't watch my favorite team that plays in my city, that's stupid. Why would I? That that probably is what drives down some of their business for that. Right? So, yeah, hopefully they get that figured out. Uh, but I would rate, obviously, excellent for the Padres broadcasts on TV. I would rate excellent for the radio. Um, I like Sammy Levitt on 97.3 The Fan, the pre and post. I don't listen to it a ton, but when I do, I like what I hear. Jesse and Tony, I think Jesse is just amazing. He's been on the show a couple times. He is just so smart. Spends a lot of time on his notes and all that, right? And having Tony Gwynn Jr., his voice on the broadcast just obviously sounds so much like his dad. I'm sure for the older Padres fans, that just makes them smile whenever you hear Tony Jr.'s voice because it reminds you of Tony. Um, he, he knows what he's talking about, obviously. And uh, so, yeah, I love both of the broadcasts. We are so lucky that we have uh, just great, great broadcasting teams. Valley Sports, 97.3 The Fan, it's great. It, it's great. Um, Next one here, what is your excitement level for the 2023 Padres? One, I don't care, or five, or two, five, I'm extremely excited. Well, anyone who knows me, it's a five. I'm extremely excited about this team. This is the most anticipated Padres season in the franchise's history. Tatis is coming back. Bogart's getting to see him in a Padres uniform. Um, I'm just blessed to have a family with season tickets. Never take that for granted. Uh, I just can't wait. And this is something where the whole city is just so excited about this Padres team. How I understand, like, if baseball's not your thing, okay, I don't care. Like, if you're, if you're just not a sports person, but if you're a sports person and maybe you weren't a baseball fan, but you live in San Diego, you love San Diego State or other San Diego sports, you're not interested in this Padres team. Like, how can you not be interested with the level of, uh, how do I say this? The level of commitment from Padres ownership to make this team the best it can be and put this team in the position to be a World Series contender, right? That makes you excited. Like, this fan base wants this World Series so bad, and the ownership wants it just as much, right? They don't view it just as a business. The business will come with, the ticket sold and all that, right? So yeah, extremely excited. How many games do you think the Padres will win in 2023? Fewer than 80, 80 to 85, 85 to 90, 90 to 95, 95 to 100, or more than 100? Well, I'm going to say more than 100 uh, because that includes postseason games. Um, for the regular season, it's probably safer to say the 90 to 100 range. I know that's not like, it's 90 to 95 or 95 to 100. Those are the two options there from 90 to 100 wins. I'd probably go with 
90, how many, 89 last year. I'll go 95 to 100. But it, I, I think it'll be more than 100 if you include postseason games, right? Uh, but there are questions with the team. Um, you are, you're not playing as many games against the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, which is, you'd think, good. But you are playing games against the Yankees and the Astros and the Mariners um, and the Angels. We'll see what they they end up being. Uh, all the great AL teams, the Blue Jays, the Rays, Guardians you have to include in there, you're playing them. The Twins, you're playing them because you're playing everyone. Not everyone at home, but you're playing them. Uh, so maybe the schedule is a little bit harder this year for the Padres than in years past. Uh, so we'll see. I'm very optimistic about this Padres team. I think they, I think they can finish 95 wins for the regular season, but I don't care what their win total is. I've said this before. I don't care what the win total is in the regular season, as long as they make the postseason. Like if they don't make the postseason, obviously we have a problem. But I don't care how many games they win. As long as they make the postseason, and I think that they have the playoff, the World Series caliber roster going into the postseason, that's all that matters. As long as they're playing the best baseball going into the postseason, that's all that matters. As long as they're playing like they did going into last year's postseason, that's all that matters, right? And Trent Gresham's hot, that's all that matters, right? And starting pitching is healthy, and the bullpen is healthy. Guys are healthy. Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Cronenworth, they're all playing. That's what matters. So make the playoffs. That's what I care about. Sure, would it be nice to win the division? Of course. And Dodger fans would be pissed off. But the only thing that matters is what they do in the postseason, right? Like, it's you know how the Yankees, Yankees fans, their season begins in October? That's how I feel with the Padres this year. I'm going to care about the regular season games, and I'm going to watch them all just like I did last year and post the clips on social media just like I did last year because I'm a diehard fan of the team. But in terms of, like, what do we think of this season? Like, if we won 111 games and we lose in the NLDS like the Dodgers did to the Padres last year, the season's a failure. It's a failure. It is. This team is designed to go win a World Series, not to get eliminated in the division series, right? All right, next one here. Will the Padres make it to a World Series in the next two seasons? Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. Because it's almost like they have to, right? I'm not saying that there's a window here because Seidler has already said he, he doesn't believe in windows. Like, su sustained success is what he wants to see. But, I mean, when are they going to have... It's not guaranteed that they have... Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Tatis, Cronoworth, Hayter, Suarez, Snell, Darvish, Musgrove. They don't have, it's not guaranteed that they have all that talent again, ever, right? So 2023, I think it's a must-win year. I've already said that, at least to the World Series. But then if you get to the World Series and you don't win, that's a disappointment because it's like we were four wins away. We got here. We don't, you don't go all the way there just to get that far, right? So it'll be a disappointment if they get to the World Series and don't win it. So that's why I'm like, it's a must-win year. And 2024, if Soto doesn't get traded, if Soto, you know, let's say Soto's still on the roster, okay, so 2023, 2024, these next two years, that's the only years guaranteed with Soto on the roster. 
the only years that the Padres have control of Juan Soto. And maybe the team looks different next year. Maybe Snell's not here, but I, I think that they'll still have a World Series con contending roster. I think that this year's roster will be better than the roster looks in 2024. Maybe they, they get Otani, but I'm not expecting that to happen. In the next two years, I think the Padres will make it to the World Series. Yes, I do believe that. They have the talent. Now, injuries, right? That's, that's the question mark. But that's the question mark with every team. Like, if they're healthy, it will be a big disappointment if they're not in the World Series within the next two years, right? I think so. So, yes. I, I think that they will be in the World Series in the next two seasons. They were in the NLCS this past season with the team worse than what the team looks like on paper this year. And the Dodgers, who were a big obstacle, right, that they were viewed as the big obstacle, probably still are, to getting to where the Padres want to be, they beat the Dodgers last year with the worst team. And the Dodgers last year had a better team than they have this year, at least going into the year. Things can change, but you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. Next two years, Padres are going to be in a World Series, I think. If, you know, things roll their way. Um, okay, the last one here. Man, I've been talking over an hour. And I've just finally gotten to the last question from this Dennis Athletics, or Dennis, Dennis Athletic, from this Dennis Lynn Athletic Survey. Uh, describe your feelings on the state of the team and its future in one sentence. By the way, I did not think of these answers because I wanted them to be genuine, just my authentic thoughts here. So let me think about this here. Describe your feelings on the state of the team and its future in one sentence. Not one word, one sentence. I love the direction of this team and Peter Seidler, A.J. Preller, the front office. I am very grateful for having them in the positions that they are in. That's not one cent. It's not going to be one sentence. I realize now, um, but okay. I think this team's going in the right direction, thanks to the leadership of Peter Seidler, AJ Preller, and the Padres front office. Is that's one sentence? I think that's good. Um, that's probably what I would say. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what I would go with. Um, but yeah. I love this Padres fan base, very passionate fans. I love that about us. I love having Peter and AJ at the helm and Eric Gruppner. I love the broadcasts. I love the players on this team. Hosmer's not in the team anymore. Clevenger's not in the team. Manaya's not in the team. Like things are going well right now, right? So, yeah, I guess that's how I would describe my feelings on the state of the franchise. Things are great right now, right? We're not the Rockies. All right. That's enough of just my thoughts here, talking for over an hour. Uh, let's get to your comments. A ton of comments here in the chat. Um, give, give me a minute here to get through all of these, uh, but I will get to yours. Uh, if you want to leave a super chat, Definitely appreciate that, or just a super thanks. I appreciate that. My voice is probably uh, not as strong as it was at the beginning of this episode here, but um, here we go. Bamani here asks, who's going to FanFest? I am. 
A lot of people are. Um, Alex's got his tickets yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there were 150,000 tickets claimed for FanFest. So there's going to be a ton of people there. I'm not saying that all 150,000 tickets are going to be used because you could get four tickets. So probably every person got four tickets just to see, uh, just in case someone else wanted to come and maybe it doesn't get used. But there will be a ton of people there. So if you don't like crowds, then sorry, maybe that, that's not the event for you. But it's free, unlike the Dodgers. FanFest for the Dodgers, it's free to get in. But then you have to pay $25 for selfies, pay $60 to hold a bat, uh, pay $250 to meet Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Or Freddie Freeman, one of those guys, not both. Um, $25 for the kids to run the bases. Just... It's supposed to be about the fans. I put a video out about this yesterday. It's supposed to be about the fans, the start of baseball season, and the Dodgers, they're taking advantage of their fans and saying, here, we're going to charge you money because we know that you're going to pay for it. The Padres are doing things the right way. And I know Dodger fans on social media, they tried to like dunk on me or whatever and say, well, you're against charity. This money's going to charity. No, I'm not against charity. I did not know that before I posted that. So props to the Dodgers for doing that. But do it like the Padres. Have the garage sale and have that money go towards charity. Don't force people that might not have a bunch of money to pay for a selfie with Bruce Dargraderall. If they want to donate to the charity, okay, then give them a link to go donate. Or have the garage sale where you're buying used memorabilia you're buying stuff from the Padres store from or the Dodgers store for them from the year before that didn't get sold and it's at a discounted price all that money goes to charity okay that makes sense but for the fan fest part of it like the the meeting of players the autographs to charge for that that's taking advantage of the fans I still will stand by that I don't think that's right to be charging fans for a picture with someone You know, like these kids to make the parents pay money for their kid to get something it, that just doesn't sit right for me. You know, have, having parents pay money for their kids to take a picture with one of the players that they look up to, you know, no, the players are getting paid millions of dollars. The Dodgers, they're fine on money. All right. They're definitely fine on money. Before you charge a bunch of money for tickets during the season, this this is the day to say, I appreciate you, fans. I appreciate you. We're going to give this full day for you for free. Players are getting paid millions of dollars. They can sit there for a few hours and sign autographs, take pictures for free. You know, the Dodgers don't have to be paying, having fans pay them for that. I think it's, I think it's stupid. Uh, Alex says, always nice when we go into a season where everyone knows their roles and responsibilities. Sure, adjustments will be made, but nothing major, I think, at the moment. I agree. I think that pretty much the roster for now, it's pretty much set. I don't see them adding jerks and Profar. Um, it seems like the depth is pretty much set for the roster. 
And I'm just looking at Twitter here to make sure I'm not missing any moves that have been made. Um, doesn't look like it. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. All right, back to the chat. Yeah, so, yeah, to get back to that, Alex, I think that this season everyone knows their roles, what they're going to do. Things can change with injuries and all that, but, yeah, it's nice to have less question marks than at this point in time last year, right? Like I was talking about uh, near the beginning of this episode over an hour ago. Um. Jar says, well, I'm pretty sure I sat right in front of you. Game three of the Dodgers series just subbed. Keep up the good work, dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. If you did, I'm, um, you should have said hi. Or maybe you did. Uh, but I don't remember. But yeah, thank you so much. No, thank you guys. Every, everyone that says keep up the good work and I love what you do. No, thank you guys for being with me and talking baseball with me. I appreciate it. I'm just a big Padres fan, you know? Um, and just love doing this. But yeah, thank you for that comment. Yeah, David, okay, Irie, yeah. Irie mentions David Dahl, lefty bench bat. I think when I was talking about the bench depth options, um, I did not mention Dahl, so my bad. I was looking at the Fangraphs roster projections, and Dahl was not on there, but yes. So maybe I do feel a little bit better about the bench. Maybe I'd put catcher in front of bench, but not, maybe I'll stick with the way... Because Dahl's not... He was signed to a minor league deal. Excuse me, a minor league deal for a reason, right? Same thing, Adam Angle, that's not a minor league deal. I don't think it's a one-year major league deal, but there's a reason why those guys aren't making a ton of money, right? Um, when David Dahl was an all-star, that was a long time ago. It does seem like from videos that I've seen, he is working really hard. Uh, but he should be, right? That's his job. Um, so, yeah, good point by Irie. Yeah, David Dahl, I think against righties, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good spring training. You see him starting on opening day as the right fielder or in left or however they want to do it. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised to see them have, like, Adam Engel be the starting outfielder, one of the starting three outfielders, because of the range, the uh, experience in the big leagues, more power potential than a Zokar. Maybe they do that. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, David Dahl, Adam Engel. I like those two guys. A Zokar I like, but he's just a lesser Adam Engel, I think. Maybe more speed, but Engel's fast as well. Um, so the, my point with the depth is like it could be stronger, right? You could have better bench infield depth than Brandon Dixon, probably, right? Um, it's not. It's just not a strong suit, I don't think, for the roster. But you kind of have to expect that, right, if you're a Padres fan, because they spent a bunch of money on the top of the roster, the starters. So you got to, you know, you're not going to be able to spend a bunch of money on the, the bench pieces as well, right? Carlos, with the question, what about the Soto extension? Um, it's going to be hard for that to happen. I think they're, I don't think their priority is to get a Soto extension done. I think their priority is to get a Manny Machado extension done because Manny is the guy that is up first. He's a free agent at the end of the year if he opts out, which we're all expecting him to opt out. 
So that's what is going on there. Um, Dennis Lynn, I think it was last week in The Athletic, wrote about the Padres acknowledging inside the front office that uh, it may be difficult to bring Soto back, keep Soto long-term. But we all knew it was going to be difficult. Soto is a really good player, right? And he's coming into free agency after Otani, when Otani's going to go maybe get a contract starting with a five. And Soto is going to ask for that because it's Scott Boris and it's Juan Soto. And he's an amazing talent. Omani says, we're going to the World Series this year. I, I like that. Uh, I like the uh, optimism. I hope so. I think so. But doesn't mean nothing, right? They got to go prove that on the field. Gil says, prospect most excited, most excited about Oliver Carrillo and Aldo Leia, Dominican Summer League. Uh, he also mentions Victor Lizarraga. Yeah, I, I do know of him. I don't know about the other two guys, just being honest. Um, so yeah, if you're excited about those guys, you would be filling out the other option, right, on Dennis Lynn's athletic survey there. Um, YouTube user asks, is Agon in the Padres Hall of Fame? No, he is not. And I don't think he will be, to be honest, because he views himself as a Dodger, like Garvey, for some reason. He doesn't, he does, like, the Dodgers fan fest. They did the, the dot, not the dot, um, the MLB Home Run Derby X, whatever it was, and I think he participated as a Dodger. Like, he was the Dodgers representative for that. If I, I might be wrong on that, but I, th I think I remember that. He's not in the Padres Hall of Fame. I don't think that he will be, to be honest. Yeah, James says just get a VPN for the MLB TV thing. Problem solved. Yeah, some people do that. Some people don't want to. Uh, Gil says Tommy Medica is a Padres Hall of Famer. The real ones, no. Uh, Alan with the question here, which players will be at FanFest? Good question. Um, I can pull that list up here for you. It's it's the best Padres FanFest ever, probably. I mean, because it's the best team ever, right? But Or the best, you know, on paper team. But, like, everyone's going to be there. All the big names, not the whole roster, but all of the big names that you would want there are going to be there. Um, Hassan Kim just got added, but... So that he's not on this list that's on Padres.com. But the list on Padres.com, there's alumni appearances. Trevor Hoffman, Mark Loretta, Bob Melvin will be there. And then the players, you got Manny, Soto, Tatis, Bogarts, Musgrove, Darvish, Crony, Josh Hader, Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez, Tim Hill, and then Kim. Those are the names that are on the Padres website. Not Kim, but those other names. But Kim is going. I think Eric Grubner said that on the radio last week. So there is a lot of names there. I wish that the Padres would send out like a schedule. Like when are the players going to appear there? Um, where are they going to appear? Because you're going to have 100,000 people there, maybe. Let's say they're not all going to be there at the same time, but I think they're going to be there in the middle of the day, right? 
if Manny's going to be there at two, then why would a why would a big Manny fan get there at nine and leave at noon, right? You want the fans to be able to schedule their day around it, right? Because I don't think all fans. I'm going to be there all day. At least I plan to. But I don't think all fans are going to be staying there the whole day. You know, people do have lives. It is a Saturday. Um, I think that a lot of people block this day off for FanFest, but I don't think everyone's going to be there from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like, that's that's how long this thing runs. Uh, when are the Q&A things happening? Um, is it the same plan as last time? Like, what's happening on the field? Uh, when is the Visitor's Clubhouse open for fans to go tour that? Like, there's a lot of questions here. I wish that they would have a schedule that they'd put out and not just say, all right, FanFest tickets, here they are. They're sold out. Because I'm looking on the website, and it says what is going on, like what will be happening, but it doesn't say like specific times. It says photo and autograph sessions, but what time are these players going to be there for these autograph sessions, these picture sessions, right? Um, because I don't want like a family going and a kid really wanting to meet Manny or something. And like I said earlier, they go at the wrong time, but they didn't know, right? So like that would be a bummer to that kid, you know? Uh, there's the Padres Foundation garage sale. Fans can shop memorabilia, one-of-a-kind Padres items, and more at the garage sale, which is expanding to two locations in 2023. All proceeds will benefit the Padres Foundation's charitable efforts. See? That's what the Dodgers, I think, should have done. Like, okay, the garage sale that we'll have, all the charity. But we're not charging you to take a picture with the player. That's what the Dodgers are doing. And I get that it's supposedly going to charity, and that's great. I love that it's going to charity. But you don't charge fans for selfies with a player or to go hold a bat. $60 to hold a bat. $45 to tour a garden. Like, come on. Um, so the garage sale is going to happen. Two locations there. Uh, there's the, the team store is going to be open, Q&A panels, um, on-field activities. Fans will have the unique opportunity to enjoy the Kids Fest activities on the field, including photo booths, pop fly catches, and other family-friendly events. I think last time they had uh, some people running, I think it was in right field, where there was a line and kids could go on the field and there would be someone throwing a pop-up to them or a pitching machine doing a pop-up to them and they could go catch it. I assume you could play catch on the field. Uh, behind the scenes, take a tour of the visiting clubhouse and see more of Petco Park. That's free. Dodgers are charging people for that. Uh, fans can enjoy live music, select concessions, photo booths, Kids Fest activations, and more. Maybe that was supposed to say activities, but it says Kid Fest activation, activations. Padres season ticket holders will receive 10% off concessions and merchandise throughout the day. Uh, all 2022 members will that renewed for the 2023 season can pick up their free special commemorative Padre book, uh, the Capture the Moment with all the, pol all the Polaroids on it when they arrive. Uh, designated areas in Gallagher Square. So that's cool. Um, I guess they'll receive a digital ticket via the ballpark app. Yeah, that, that book looks really, really cool. Uh, yes, 97.3 The Fan will be there. I did see that. 
Javier says, I want to go see the guys from 97.3 The Fan. In fact, I will tell you where 97.3 The Fan is going to be for FanFest here. If they, if they allow me to, if the internet cooperates here. Okay, here we go. So they're going to be, oh, okay. I, I just saw this, by the way. Trucks are being loaded up uh, to spring training. That's cool. The Friars there. Okay, so getting back to 97.3 The Fan, where they're going to be, because I know some people are interested in that. Okay, so they're going to be broadcasting from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, the first base concourse behind Section 121. So that's where they're going to be. Uh, John Cantera show from 11 to 1, Ben and Woods from 1 to 3, and then Matt Scraby from 3 to 4. Guests scheduled to appear, Bob Melvin, Bob Scanlon, Mark Loretta, Trevor Hoffman, Jesse Agler, and Jake Cronenworth. So that's the info on that. James says, stop by Hodad's inside Petco and grab a delicious burger. We make the best burgers in the whole ball ballpark. I, I, I can agree on that. Um, James, you... So you work for Hodads? We need to get a sponsorship going for that. I got one with Gaglione's. They're great. Love the cheesesteaks. Love the fries. I love to partner with Hodads. Let me know, James, if you're interested. DM me on uh, Instagram or Twitter, at Talking Friars. Uh, Devin with a question here. Why do you want the number six unretired? Is the player back? No, Steve Garvey. He's, he wasn't a bad player. There are some people that think he should be like a Hall of Famer, like baseball Hall of Famer. No, because he had one great moment for the Padres. I understand it was a great moment. Great home run, right? Totally understand that, you know, how big the moment was. But they retired his number, and he doesn't care about the Padres franchise anymore. Like he sees himself as the Padres' rival. He sees himself. He sees himself as a Dodger. He's participating in the Dodgers fan fest stuff. The lunch with Steve Garvey that fans have to pay for. He's participating in that with the Dodgers. He sees himself as a Dodger. So why would, should the Padres have his number retired? I don't think the Dodgers even have his number retired. But he sees himself as a Dodger. The Padres have his number retired, and he doesn't care about the Padres. That's the thing here. So, yeah. I think his number should be unretired. Um, and replace that with 44 when Musgrove is done. I think that's an obvious decision. I think that's, that's a smart decision. You don't have to make room for another number to put up there at Petco. Just remove the Garvey and put the Musgrove up. You know? That's what I would do. All right. Over an hour and a half today talking about the athletic fan survey, state of the franchise, talked about a lot. Uh, James, by the way, says here, I work for DNC inside Petco. What is DNC? Uh, concessions? 
Anyway, James, DM me on social media. Maybe we can get something going there. Um, I, I love Hodads. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people do as well. Um, all right, episode 329. If you made it all the way here, still listening to me, thank you. Um, you could have been listening or watching to other things, um, but you still stayed with me. So thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate that. This episode is over, and I'll see you guys at FanFest. I'll probably do another episode on Friday or tomorrow, um, and then I'll definitely have a reaction from FanFest. But if you see me, feel free to say hi, and go Padres. See you, everybody. Have a great day.